My name's Anarchy Somerville. Welcome to the podcast, How to Be a Boss at Aging. This week, I talked to Kelly Ford, who is a comedian and broadcaster, and we're going to be talking about life in this third lockdown and the small things that we're doing just to battle through it. I'd also like to give a shout out to everyone who's kind of currently struggling a bit. I'm hearing from lots of friends that um, they're finding this most recent kind of lockdown quite tricky, to put it mildly. Whether you're homeschooling, whether you've been made redundant, whether you're looking for work, whether you're worried about your health, whether you've got a relative who's got coronavirus, um, any of these things. And also to give a big thank you, of course, to everyone who's working so hard to help. And so I need to say all of that because otherwise I'm worried that we just come across as a couple of whingers. But it's okay to whinge as well. So if you do feel like you need a good whinge, then just do it. It's okay to have a whinge. Um, We need to do it. We need to have a little rant as well at times. But also hopefully find some solace in small things um, that can help us feel a little bit better in the moment. So I hope you enjoy my interview with Kenny and I'll come back at the end to say ta-da! Right, I'm excited today. I always say I'm excited today, whoever I'm talking to, but I'm talking to Madame Kelly de la Fressange. No, she's Kelly Ford. We just had a conversation about exactly how I should address her, but she's also known as Book of Mum on Instagram and she's also known as Dame... Kelly, is that right? Were you made a dame last year? I think you were. I've only ever been Dame Baroness Flatulante, and that is for my excellent ability in the area of flatulence. That's exactly right. And just before we kicked off our recording, you did a burp. But I, ex- I actually, I actually excused you from doing it because I know that you're very heavily pregnant and. Heavily pregnant ladies, uh, I think they're allowed to burp and fart as much as they want. Uh, thank you so much, Anarchy. I really appreciate that. With 15 days to go, I am a wind machine who only is able to operate because of a litre of Gaviscon every hour. So, Right. So just picking up on that pregnancy theme, um, one of the things I want to talk about a bit is there'll be quite a few ladies who are pregnant in the lockdown period and I mean actually I should give a little bit of background before we launch into the pregnant in lockdown. Kelly basically I met Kelly through the hotbed I think you came in and did a hotbed episode with us which was another podcast but how would you describe yourself you're like a comedian stroke stand-up stroke writer stroke what? Comedian broadcaster yeah so I I do I'm a stand-up comedian and I'm also on the radio on Soho Radio and yeah yeah that's it really and and um, and and a mum and a mum and a mum mum but anyway yeah I was because I was interested in this whole area of kind of being being pregnant in lockdown because I've been thinking about it quite a lot obviously I'm not pregnant in lockdown but just that it must be a bit weird isn't it I mean is, is it feel weird or does it I suppose it or is it actually been perfectly okay to be pregnant in lockdown I think Okay, I think being pregnant is uh, a very interesting place to be anyway. I think doing lockdown without alcohol is massive. <laughs> I think, you know, my first lockdown got got me pregnant, probably the uh, the four o'clock rosés in the sun, um, you know, in the time of trampolines and, and good times. But I think actually... It's been okay, Anarchy. I think as long as you've got your imaginary toolkit, whatever that might be of fitness or meditation, I think there's never been a greater time just to be super thankful for what is good. And I feel like actually it hasn't been, you know, I haven't been touched by COVID. And for that, I am so grateful. Everything else is a bonus, you know? So actually, I just feel really grateful to be pregnant. It's something I've wanted for 
over three and a half years and actually pandemic or not yeah I'd love to be able to socialize and go and get a foot massage and go for long lunches but actually it is a time for really being grateful for the tiny things and pregnancy probably just accentuates that what about, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think um, you referred to sort of first lockdown. We're kind of, is this the third one? Because I'm losing count. Or is it the second one? Is it the Let's third be, one? That second lockdown, honestly, would you like chips with that? That, <laughs> that one in November, come on. Every shop was open. Everyone was flouting the rules. This feels like the proper one, doesn't it? This feels like... We're back to where we were last kind of March. I know, where- but I still think it's funny. I still think it's not quite as... It's not quite as strict, maybe. I know it's supposed to be as the very first one, but I think I've still seen seen a little bit. I'm not going to get judgy because that's the other thing that's happened to me is I never used to be so judgmental. And then I found the last sort of few months I've become Mrs. Twitchy Curtain. So I'm constantly standing at the window going... That's she's not related to them. Why are they going in the house? Oh, she's having some building work done. Is that allowed? And then a quick Google on my phone. All oh, building work is actually allowed, apparently. So one of my neighbours is getting her kitchen done at the moment. Um, <laughs> so I spend an awful lot of time peering out the window to check what the progress is of the kitchen. And it is actually it is completely allowed. And it's probably a good time for her to get her kitchen done. But it's made me very, yeah, very judgy. But it feels, I mean, it's funny, it feels this lockdown, and I know we are, we have to preface it by saying we're lucky. We haven't been touched by COVID. My mum did have it, but thankfully recovered. I think it still feels quite shit, doesn't it? I mean, are we allowed to say that? I think we are allowed to say that. If we if we take everything to one side and say thank you for our health, thank you to all the people who are working really, really hard, because that's, that's another thing. We're not doing that. But it is still a bit shit, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, some days, anarchy, are definitely more challenging than others. And some hours are more challenging than others. I had a day the other day that started as a two out of 10. I mean, it was such a, it was just one of those days where like everything wasn't really going my way. I turned up to a hospital appointment four hours early. I had a four-year-old like sellotape to an iPad at home. You know, it was just wasn't really happening. By about sort of six o'clock, it was an eight out of 10. We were sitting around a table. We were playing snap. We uh, were eating homemade burgers. And actually, it was okay. Everything is okay. So I just think like sometimes you have to break it down to the hour and not think too big picture right now. Because I think when you start thinking big picture, that is when your mind can start playing a bit on you. Like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? So there's a brilliant podcast, which is How to Fail with Elizabeth Day. Oh, I love that one. um, she's got a guest, Mo Gaudat. Mm, I listen to that cor- one. It's so powerful. And he breaks it down to the next 20 minutes. So it's a coronavirus special. I highly recommend it. But sometimes you have to break your day down into hours, if not next 20 minutes. And I think especially when you've got little people around, they're so in the moment that they really teach you how to be mindful. It's like, actually, stop stressing about the homeschool bigger picture. Actually, it's just the next 20 minutes. Are we okay? Are we having a good time? Is Are people fed? Are we clean? I mean, it's basics. I do think it this time more than ever is making me really be in the moment because... What else? What else can you do? You, you know, I think people on. I think people who might be projecting these like big picture scenarios amongst lockdown. You know, you know, 
projecting future careers or success or a lot of it must be hot wind because actually everyone is in the same boat. I truly believe. I mean, it's interesting. You were saying about good and bad days and just existing in the moment. And um, I'll put the link up to that podcast, actually, because it did help me. I listened to it and it, I found it really helpful. But one of the things that kind of came up, like even yesterday, actually, is we 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 have good, not even good days and bad days. I think as you've described, it is good moments and not so good. So we did a, we had a Sunday roast yesterday, but as my partner served it onto the tafel or the table, tafel is Dutch, I'm just throwing in some Dutch there. Oh, yes, uh, so, so continental. Up, basically, the cat decided to pee onto the table but it didn't just do it in a very subtle way it basically just turned its backside towards us and then peed all over the wooden table which meant that my you know Ray didn't want to eat her dinner because that's not really very appetizing I then mopped it all up and then my younger daughter decided she didn't want to sit down at that point so she just started to run around not eating any food at all and screaming because she'd had no nap. She's in that kind of drop in the nap phase, which means it's not great because it means she's very tired anyway. And so we kind of sat there. And in the end, my par- my partner looked like he was having a nervous breakdown. He was just holding his head in his hands. And so he, I said, why don't you go upstairs and have a timeout? Because he has to have a timeout. So he went upstairs. And then I said to Greta, right, let's put the bing on in the front room. So we did. We abandoned the dinner, put the bing on. Bing saved your Sunday lunch. Oh, yeah. MG. Well, and then I was sat on my own eating the Sunday lunch and I'll be crying. Com- crying. I did. I started to cry quite heavily. And um, it just, I, I felt sorry for myself because I sort of saw a little vignette of how it looked to the outside world of a, a mum, tired, kids let, getting her down, partner on the verge of a nervous breakdown. And then I just thought, oh, I feel sorry for myself. But then literally, 10 minutes later, I found two, um, I think it was sticky toffee puddings in the fridge, put them in the oven, added some ready-made custard because I can't even make custard from scratch. And we sat and ate those in front of the telly and order was kind of restored again. So it's a bit, as you said, it is just, it's a ro- I suppose a roller coaster is a cliche, but it, it can feel a bit like that, can't it? Yeah, I mean, let's call upon Ronan Keating at any point we can, Anarchy. Mm. Um, life is a roller coaster. I also think like having a cry, can we say that? Mm. Having a cry, getting it out is actually a really good thing. And you're not weak if you have a cry. I always feel better after a little cry. It doesn't have to be a big whaley thing. It can be a 10 minute in the toilet kind of, right, let's get my shit together mm. moment. But I think let it out because actually these are heightened times. And, you know, being pregnant, I am crying over stuff that I, Bridgerton finishing, I mean, that, that got a little cry. Um, it might even had a cryy wank over Bridgerton at some point. I probably no. Well, it's, not, it's funny. Everyone's going on about Bridgerton at the moment, and I've not managed to get into it at all. Like I watched the first episode. Do we get on to the second episode? I don't know. I found it. Oh, loads of people are probably going to say that I'm wrong, but I'm, maybe I'm not quite in it yet. But it was just a bit hammy for me. But that's part of the joy of it, is it? That it's a bit hammy. It's like going to the airport and buying Closer magazine. Or a Jackie Collins and reading it next to the pool and feeling no shame. I think you're right. I think it is. It's just you just need to get into it. I think the problem is at the moment we're having to choose things that both of us like that we can watch together. And my other half doesn't like that. So what did we watch? We've been watching quite 
depressing films. And actually on Netflix last night, we started to try and watch a programme about serial killers. And then I said, it was about a serial killer in LA. And then I said to him, I said, actually, life is quite challenging at the moment. I don't think I can operate with this, you know, learning about how this horrible guy goes and murders people. Let's move on from complaining about lockdown, because that's obviously, that's an easy thing to do. And we could do a whole series, we could call it complaining in lockdown part sounds great six part 600 what about are there any silver linings or have there been obviously you've got you got pregnant which is wonderful news but what other silver linings have you found um this is a really good question and i was really pleased that you've asked this because I think there are a lot of silver linings and I think actually to celebrate them and talk about them and out them is really important. So I am giving birth in 16 days, evacuation via sunroof this time. So it's quite nice to know that I've got a date and my little four-year-old is actually at home, homeschooling. To have that dedicated time with her, we've been on Sunday mornings going out early to little parks and having al fresco breakfasts and so we get you know pack a thermos pack a picnic rug and 8 30 a.m kind of see the sunrise or if it's raining kind of find a little nook and these moments are just such treasured times that i will probably never get again so that that is a silver lining of having dedicated time with my housemates and that also includes you know sitting on the sofa no, that feeling, I don't know if you do this, but we have quite a big family. We have lots of friends. We're very, very lucky. So we do spend a lot of weekends quite often in the car, traveling around, you know, and actually not to have that pressure is wonderful. To actually be in the moment is really good. Work-wise, I've been very lucky. Like I've managed to work through lockdown and that has definitely been a silver lining. And I managed to kind of keep performing by reading bedtime stories on Instagram and that was kind of a really fantastic thing and finishing a series at the moment called The Motherless about motherless mothers that's going to come out spring 2021. And what so, kind of show is that? What a show? So it's a podcast series, hmm. potentially radio, about motherless mums. So it's six-parter. And it's something I've always wanted to do and I'm working with a fantastic friend who's a Radio 4 producer to make it and I just feel like in a time of sobriety and pregnancy, actually, it's quite a productive time. So the silver linings have definitely been, have probably outweighed anything negative about this lockdown. I've managed to kind of get a loft conversion cheekily done, you know, just like getting on with stuff. I do think pregnancy kind of makes you quite focused. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. I wrote... Um, the, the a fiction I'm not I'm not being competitive I am I'm being competitive I wrote my first book while I was pregnant and I think there was something about that kind of because I knew the baby was coming it was almost like a it was a deadline for me but also I felt quite I, f I felt knackered but I also felt quite buoyed up with lots of ideas and plans and I think it is the equivalent of you know when you're sort of getting the rooms ready and tidying up the space and it's the same sort of thing but you're just doing it a bit with work you know you're kind of like trying to get trying to think a bit about what work you can do when they're around and then if you can't do it can I get some of it done before they arrive and give myself time to relax um makes but, you yeah. efficient doesn't it and I think actually you know uh, I did some great comedy performances in autumn when we were all released and that was material that I felt had been kind of brewing it'd been a little while since I'd like been out performing and I 
did a few gigs in the autumn and I just felt like, oh, I got my groove. I really knew who my identity was. And actually in comedy, especially, that is so important. And I, yeah, I think I was grateful to actually have six months to kind of like go away and think about who who is my persona? Who am I? And actually then when I did go out and kind of get up there with the microphone and have really good laughs, it was like, oh, actually, maybe we all need this time. And actually, that that's important, I think, as well from social media. You need a break so as you're not being polluted by everyone else's creative and noise. So as you can think about what actually is your identity. And a couple of weeks ago, I've been making some silly videos on Instagram. And actually, they've been getting a really good, they've been getting a really good response. And I think, oh, is that just because I've kind of am being a bit healthier with Instagram, taking time out, thinking about what genuinely makes me tickle as opposed to being filtered by... I think there's a danger of that. I think definitely when, you, and when you're a writer, the problem is sometimes if, if you're, you can be a little bit like, oh, I want to write a bit like they do. So like I've got a bit obsessed with um, Matt Haig. You know, I, I do like, I love his writing and, you know, I think he's amazing but then I kind of realised that I was almost sort of writing in the style of Matt Haig, which there's nothing wrong with that because, you know, if you can if you can be inspired by somebody, that's really good. But then I was also like, oh, I'm not absolutely sure if this is me writing at the moment. You know, it, I seem to have inhabited his body and, and I'm now channeling him all the time. So I, I, I know what you mean. I think the problem is, and I've touched on it before with a couple of other people, that our phone or my phone usage is just upped crazily during this lockdown I think it's the combination of not so good weather being inside not having the social contact that I'd usually have and I've just been you know I, I walk around with it in my hand um to the point where Greta who's only two that we have an old phone and she now carries a phone in her back pocket or if she puts it in her pocket it's off I mean it doesn't it's not actually a functioning one but she's obviously seen me if I leave a room I'll carry it with me to go from the kitchen into the front room to you know it's 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 forever on me you know I almost feel like I I remember watching a program and it was in the future and the kids had their phones their hands had become phones so they they had a sim card and they just picked up their hand I'm sort of gesturing as if you were talking to your palm but that's kind of how it feels and I think as we've said about relaxing stuff around kind of I think before we started recording which was about screen time and stuff and I think uh, with phones I felt really bad about it and then I was like listen again if it's helping you get through, that's fine. If it's kind of, you know, if it's actually becoming a problem and making you feel crap, then you need to stop. And so I've at the moment, I'm trying to be a bit better, but I'm kind of realising that it's a something that I've got, I've just got to do just to feel actually just to feel connected and just to feel sane, because otherwise I feel like I'm so isolated from adults, really. I OK, I think this is really interesting. And thank you always, Anarchy, for being so honest. I have a really unhealthy relationship, I think, with my phone. I use it far too much. There are so many apps. There's so much checking. And I feel really good when I have a healthy relationship with my phone. So I had a fantastic enforced break in November for four weeks and that just felt really good I felt really revitalized when I came back onto the gram and I think actually just to have those enforced holidays is really important but I what I'd like to do is like this week say right at eight o'clock you don't need after eight you don't need Kelly to go on any social media apps you could just put your phone 
in the kitchen. That's where it stays until the next morning. And I reckon just that one little bit of digital, should we call it digital hygiene? Yeah, digital detox. Digital hygiene. It's just hygiene, actually, because I think otherwise it comes to bed. You're looking at the Daily Mail. It's 10.40. What the fuck are you doing? Like, actually... These things all feed the noise. And I, like that's the thing I really felt in November. It's like, actually, cut the noise out. It's amazing what your mind then wants to absorb. Mm, well, that's the thing. I, I actually did, um, I did an interview with a, a psychiatrist, Dr. Hilda Burke. She is Dr. Hilda Burke, yes. And she was saying that the problem now with a lot of women generally, or kind of anybody who's got a bit of an unhealthy relationship with their phone, things that can happen, is that you actually... Even in your downtime, you listen to content. So kind of like you go for a walk and you listen to a podcast, you sit in the bath, you listen to a podcast, or you might be on WhatsApp while you're, you know, doing something else or looking at a funny video on TikTok, whatever you're doing. But so you're absorbing, absorbing all this stuff, but you're actually never, ever just sat with your own ideas. And actually, and, and actually that's not, it's A, it's not very restful for your brain because your brain is just like taking it in and it, it's tiring to take in all this stuff. But also it kind of doesn't give you any room to develop. it's like you said a bit about when you end up sort of almost not not remembering who you are you're kind of like, oh I'm not sure who I am because I think I'm Matt Haig oh no I'm not Matt Haig I'm actually anarchy or you know oh I'm not you know and I think the other thing that's happened with me with Instagram a bit is that there is always that ever burning thing of sort of comparing yourself to other people and worrying about not necessarily that they're more successful than you but it is a little bit, certainly with writers, because I'm always checking out, you know, oh, they've got a book out. Oh, God, the book looks like it's going to be really successful. Oh, shit, it's on the Sunday Times bestseller list. Oh, you know, that's just the, unfortunately, the nature of the beast is that we are, as women, often raised to be competitive with other women, you know. So I think if you're probably right, it's not about cutting out the phone completely, but I suppose it's just being a bit more mindful about when you it's also in you your face. So if it was 25 years ago, you would find out that someone had uh, bought out a fantastic, you know, Sunday Times bestseller because you'd gone into Waterstones and seen a, a little signage by it or you'd been sent a written press release, you know. But actually, you're waking up and that is what you're digesting first thing. So it's already infiltrating your mind with stuff that fuels competitiveness and all those things. So I think actually, after this, let's make a little digital hygiene plan together because I think yes it's good to use your phone to get through things but actually we all use it too much and I can't I don't want my little girl to be six years old saying I want an iPhone because you're on it all the time mummy you know like they're clever and actually I think it's an we've got to set an example to that next generation that human interaction picking up the phone to speak to someone or writing a letter or doing these alternative forms of communication apart from kind of whatsapp or these things where you're hiding kind of behind a screen i yeah i'm up for it anarchy you're up for making a pack with me i will i will i'll do i'll definitely do the no i mean i'm in bed by bloody nine o'clock so i'll definitely do the no i think phone the, in bed no phone in bed and no phone while watching telly i think that's probably quite good that's a good one um, and actually um in that incredible book by philippa perry the book that we wish your parents had read. And mm. yeah, you know that. I book. love that book, yeah. So in that book, she says, if you sit down to watch TV with your child and you're on your phone, that is saying to them, I'm not interested in what we're watching. And it, you're not engaging with them. And actually quite often children want to go, 
did Sean the sheep just, you know, eat a pizza and actually have that level of engagement? And I'm quite often, I see that time as when she's in front of the TV, I can like do some emails. <laughs> so I think actually in front of the telly, you're totally right. That's Especially right. Especially with kids. I know. And also even with your partner, I mean, um, my other half, he's obsessive about, he loves looking at musical equipment on eBay because he's a musician. So he'd spend a long time scrolling through different kinds of, I don't know, adapters, I guess. That seems to be the main thing. Whenever I look over, I think, what's he looking at? And he's looking at a whole range of uh, peculiar accoutrements. Sexy. Yeah. But even, yeah, I mean, the problem is, I think that's the thing when you're parenting young children is that we would both argue that once they're in bed, it's a bit of a free-for-all because then it's like, oh, well, I can catch up fully on all the stuff that I've missed. But, right, let's move on away from that. So we've, we had a bit of a silver lining. What would you say if we were going to wrap up and think about a couple of tips? I was going to give my, my sort of tip because we're still in lockdown at the moment. I don't know when this episode goes out. It's probably going to be, it might be in a couple of weeks' time. So we're recording in January. But I'm unfortunately envisaging that we might still be in, in lockdown, um, some form of it. What do you think... Other tips, so because I'm sort of thinking one of the big ones for me is having a hot bath. Can you have a hot bath? I, I suppose you can, but not too hot. When you're pregnant, you can't be too hot in the so bath. So these tips for survival during lockdown? Yeah, yeah. So sort of things. So if we sort of think maybe being a bit more mindful about our phones, living a bit more moment to moment, so not 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 seeing too much big picture. Um, I'd definitely say avoiding the Daily Mail website if you can. I'll never get sponsorship from them, but, I, you know, that doesn't surprise me. But not good for you. Hot bath. Okay. I think uh, some element of fitness in your day, ideally first thing, no matter how you're feeling, even if you're tired, just to get on a yoga mat for 15 minutes, go for a walk, get outside, breathe some fresh air. That is the key. I, I literally exercise my child like a Labrador first thing. And then everything is okay after that because you've got a little bit of endorphins, fresh air, because also living in central London, well, close to central London, I think actually getting out early doors is also quite safe. Mm, that's true. So that for me is is key. Um, I've been digesting some fantastic books uh, via Audible and also reading. And I think like just taking in at the moment I'm reading On Fire by John O'Leary and also The Power of Now, which is an excellent book. Mm, that's and I Eckhart just think, Tolle, isn't it? Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. And I just think digesting things that are making you think about your wellness and your mind and body is really a good idea right now. Anything to make you feel good. I also think nutrition is key i think if you can make sure you're getting your five a day and good sleep i mean like these things are sound so basic but it's like make sure you're drinking those eight glasses of water a day make sure you're doing one thing for yourself a day like whether that is your little bit of exercise a danger wank listening to an album like after the kids go to bed say right actually i'm not gonna put the telly on I'm just going to listen to like one of my favourite albums whilst I'm in the bath or I'm going to... How do you do that though on a practical level? We've got such a small place that like if I can't play music in the bathroom because it's right next to the kid's bedroom. But so do you have your head... If you have your headphones on in the bath, is that dangerous? I'm just wondering. No, you, you no. can do that, I'm sure. You'll be all right. That. Might not be. Might but not I be kosher. I just, think, I just think like those little things, the little bits of pleasure 
are so vital, but also just basics. Sleep, water, good nutrition and and a little bit of exercise. And actually, you just know then you've got your foundation in place. So anything else that happens on top of that is a winner. Yeah. And you've, I mean, I'll have to say, because you've mentioned the danger wank thing a couple of times. And that was something that you coined when we were talking on the hotbed, I think, which was just mm. um, actually <laughs> just about having a very quick wank when you can just to make yourself feel better. Yeah. Fantastic. I just think, I just think, yeah, it's about those little, little, little moments of pleasure amongst. Mm. There's actually a really lovely Kate Bush song called Moments of Pleasure, which I'd advise you to listen to because it's, um, it's a beautiful song. And she, she kind of um, talks a little bit about all these little moments in little vignettes. It's quite apt for now, actually. In fact, I might, I might call this podcast episode Moments of Pleasure because I think that's, um, that's probably a good kind of summary of what we've talked about, isn't it? That's lovely. Um, also, one thing I was going to mention, I've just got the Sunday Times delivered. Right? It's like 12 quid a month. But there's something about digesting the news via a newspaper that is really pleasurable. And yeah, it's a luxury. That is a real luxury to have your newspaper delivered. But also we all, I, I just there's something about it on a Sunday. It kind of really, you're in your home. Actually, it's a really, that is a really lovely thing to, to do. And we, we also get a vegetable box delivered once a week. And that is, it's again, a luxury thing. But there's something about Tabitha being involved with opening that box and seeing what we're going to eat during the week it feels healthy so I think anything any kind of healthy practices that get you in the moment like reading the papers or Mm. making making something out of vegetables that you've never seen before I just think this it all sounds a little bit 50 plus doesn't it but actually if it makes you feel good it's healthy yeah there's nothing wrong with 50 plus I mean that's the thing is that it's kind of making us appreciate the smaller things, I guess, rather than sort of we're not striving about. We're not we're not striding through Soho in our expensive whistles, clothes, impressing everyone anymore, are we? We're kind of shuffling around in baggy tracksuit bottoms and playing with vegetables. It's fine for now. I think it's it's okay. Listen, Kelly, I need to say thanks for taking part today. I'm so excited because oh, I think um me. I think the next time obviously I speak to you, I imagine you'll have a, a bambina um which will be quite it's quite surreal, isn't it, when you think like that. I I know I felt really weird when people when you as you get closer, it's quite it's quite a surreal experience, isn't it? Very exciting. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and obviously, if people want to follow you on Instagram, it's at Book of Mum, isn't it? And you, are you yeah. still doing your bedtime stories? I'm have, I've had a little um, hiatus just because January, I've been sort of really focusing on this new podcast series. But I'm hoping to maybe get a sneaker couple in before the baby comes. And I might be doing it in conjunction with a local charity around the corner who helps poor families called the Magpie Project. So that's perfect. Dot, dot, dot 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 to be continued um well thanks a lot kelly and i will speak to you soon ta-da thanks for listening hope you enjoyed that interview i'm just trying to think of any other little recommended tips um that can help 
And I think one of the small things that really helps for me, I think I've probably said this before, is hot baths. So uh, that's one of the few things that you can do in lockdown. Hopefully, if you've got a bath or a shower, have a hot bath, shut the door, listen to a podcast, that kind of thing. It really is just those small little things. Some great telly, if possible, if you haven't exhausted all your Netflix options, which I think we have at the moment. And reading and books that's another thing and staying away from your phone this is something that I need to do so just have a little think about how your phone's making you feel and try if you can to avoid the doom scrolling don't sort of continually update your feeds that you're reading all of the news unless it's actually something that's keeping you informed and and helping you but I think for many people they sort of feel at the moment that they're kind of doing this scrolling and it's actually making them feel much worse and I think that's kind of not a good thing obviously so anyway I will see you next week and lots and lots of love from me and stay strong and I see you. Ta-da!